Hello, everybody. This is Ed K. Smith, the co-host of The Asset Show, here with the other fabulous co-host, Mr. Rob K. Hey, Rob. G'day, everyone. G'day, Ed. G'day, Mark. Uh, yes, the, the, the man of the hour is Mr. Mark Monfort, who is the, the co-founder of the Australian DeFi Association. How are you, Mark? I'm very well. I'm uh, I'm here in a booth at the WeWork office I've just uh, moved into, but uh, I'm I'm doing really well. Excited to be on the show. I've seen you guys in action with previous episodes. Some great guests. I have no idea why you've asked me on, but I'm, I'm here to find out. So, hey, because you're another great guest. That's why. Um, look, appreciate you saying that. Rob and I have um, been hunting out some good quality people to come on this show because. They're the only people we want in this show, isn't that right, Rob? <laughs> We've got a hardcore filter. We only let super special guests on. Like yourself, That's it. Right? And, and, and Mark, you're sitting in a booth, so there's any chance you're going to turn, turn into Superman and, and, and change and do a spin around. <laughs> let, let, let us know so we can, we can capture it. So we say Mark is the real Superman. Um, I, I will let you guys know for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I hope hopefully you don't have claustrophobia because I've been in a few of those booths you're in, and they're pretty, pretty <laughs> tight. They're they're good though because you don't have to listen to other people's chitter chatter outside. You can have a nice quiet call like this, and it's great. It's 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 lunchtime now, and like I've got the the office. So we moved into a WeWork just yesterday because um, we've got our own office space. So the business has grown and stuff, which is great. But then. The others are out at lunch, so I didn't want to do this and have halfway through the my other colleagues, you know, come come in. But they, you know, you should get them on the show at some point too. They're all interesting characters. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool to um to talk about this stuff. And this is, I guess, good practice given you know there's some big events coming up this weekend. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark's going to be one of the presenters at the Australian Crypto Conference that Rob and I are attending this coming weekend. Um, I don't know whether we'll have this out by then, but we'll we'll see. Um, well, even <laughs> if it is in the past, even if it's in the past, uh, that's, that's it. Fine, you know? yeah, yeah, that's that's it. And everything that happened in on the Gold Coast will stay in the Gold Coast because it can't make its way onto this podcast. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll that's be what, safe. That's what editing um, editing is for. That that's that's what the that's, editing process. That's is for, it. Right? We're, we're ninety we're ninety five percent live. Ninety five percent live, but there's five percent of little editing. If if any of us look stupid, I try and cut that out. But sometimes I miss it. Yeah, that's, um, that's you know what that booth you're in, Mark. Imagine in a couple yeah. of years when there's 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 like ten booths in every office because to hop into they'll be called metaverse booths. You hop in there, yeah. put your virtual reality glasses on, and yep, that can't be and, far away. And that oh, way, exactly. safe. Yeah, that's you it. You can't pull um, out of the building. But as always, as always, there will be people that will be fighting against the innovation because that is just the way the world works. Like when newspapers right. came out and you see all these people on the news, oh, sorry, on the trains reading, you know, full scape <laughs> newspapers and people complain that there's no interactions. And then when people had phones, we're all looking down. <laughs> there know. is always a complaint that is ingrained in humans. We always complain about those younger than us and we are we deservedly so. I just turned forty um, a few a few a week ago, and I, I I feel like I have the right to complain about the the Gen Z folks. I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, I guess a lot of I don't know how many what percentage of the world, but a, a large percentage of the world fears change. I think that's mm. what that's what technology is. It's change, and they say, hang on a minute, I just got used to this, but exactly. I, the future doesn't wait. 
No, that's no. It. you embrace <laughs> no, it, or, no. or you, you're swept up by it. And you know, we—I don't know all the ins and outs of my phone, my new Google Pixel Six A, whatever. Like, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I just know what it does and how it works for me to improve. And I think we'll see more of that. And that's, I guess, why we're here because blockchain tech is a lot about that, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. As Ed Ed says on the last few shows, it's um we're scratching the scratch with all this blockchain and and DeFi and crypto technology we are um we're talking about it now but it's it hasn't fully hit mainstream no ex- exactly so look let's do a bit of a reversal of time we'll go back in sure. time and uh, talk about where mark came from in terms of uh, a bit of a you know a couple of minutes on your background and what led you into getting involved in the whole web3 defi crypto space because that's um, people always assume that everybody's a techie or everybody comes yeah. from a certain background yeah. or, and that's not always true. I'm not saying it's not with you, but just, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a, uh, a backstory, mate, how you got Maybe even let's go back to 11 years ago when Bitcoin came out. What were you doing? Yeah, well, there you go. Like, I was, uh, well, 11 years ago would have been 2011 and um, I was working in consulting, software consulting. So I was an accountant by trade, did two years of auditing and realized that um, that's not for me. And kudos to my auditor friends out there that stuck it out and some still there, which is great and partners and all that kind of stuff now. But I, I fell into more analysis kind of work. So I was an analyst at a bank. And then I got um, tapped on the shoulder to go check out this thing like software consulting with these business intelligence tools where it's like data analytics platforms that um, they were selling into whether it's banks or government or whatever corporate. Because basically, instead of you using all your Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that and finicking around with those, like you have tools that can help you automate a lot of that, make prettier visuals and then, you know, do dashboards and stuff that help get to insights very soon so you know already since like that uh, early on I was always about workflow and automation and how to improve and make things efficient and falling uh, so I, I traveled a little bit uh, working in capital markets so I was in uh, financial markets working for a bank called Canaccord Genuity a Canadian investment bank uh, worked for them in Melbourne I was at a quant research startup before so very uh-huh. statistical kind of minded so like with my um, kind of software and analysis kind of skills and then adding that to the capital markets and research. So that's where I kind of really thrived working with a company called QMG in Melbourne. We got absorbed by Canaccord, this investment bank and worked in Melbourne for a bit and then moved to London for two years. And then um, I spent some time when I came back at the ASX as well uh-huh. and um, yeah. still working in kind of wealth management and stuff after the ASX. And then I started my own data consulting um, firm with uh, one of my current uh, co-founders of the AusDefi Association, as well as the commercial work I do. And from the consulting work that we were doing, we fell into the blockchain space because a VC friend of ours um, basically was looking for some help with a project that he was looking into that was blockchain related. And we knew a little bit about it just from you know, being in investment banking, you have to kind of be aware of this stuff, even if I was yeah. very skeptical, because all I saw was just the cryptocurrency and the FOMO side of things. I didn't see that, you know, Ethereum was built and other chains now were building these ways of decentralizing uh, basically programs and making things more efficient rather than, and the issues that you have around centralization 
Um, but that first project was a gaming guild, which is called Polemos. And so we're still doing stuff with those guys now, which is great. And we're doing some other stuff in the space. And we we created the Ozdepa Association. But, you know, getting from where I was in TradFi, basically, and being a skeptic, it took, um, I was aware of it in 2011, 12-ish, you know, wow. in the news. Um, 2013 was seeing it a bit, but I still wasn't involved. And even in 2015, 16, mm. when I was working at this investment bank and I had um, colleagues that were mining Monero, you know, they were wow. mining things in yeah. space already. And um, one of the traders, like he went into, shout out to Benedict, um, he went into the crypto space and he's still there in Europe. But um, I was seeing it, but I just wasn't really doing that much uh, about it back then. But anyway, um, look, it, it worked out uh, serendipitously because given the kind of approach that we had to software and data consulting, being very community focused, being all about efficiency and being very um, collaborative in how we kind of do things, I feel like those are like really key things. It's in, in Web3, it's really about um, me, uh, sorry, it's, it's sorry, it's about we, not yeah. me. <laughs> it's about yeah. us. I always, whenever I do this, I always get the things the wrong way around when I first start off. And it sounds funny, like I'm, I don't mean it. It just happens. That <laughs> it's it's we, not me. It's us, not I. And I love the fact that, you know, that kind of attitude and approach thrives in this space. Whereas in Web2, it was all this selfish stuff. Um, like a quick analogy yeah. is that like building in this space, we learned very early on how powerful it is when... If you're starting out, when you do, when you're building Web2, maybe you get a prototype out there to 80% and then you start taking it out to market with customers and friendlies and all that. But if you do that in Web3, if you've got something that's like a finished product, people are like, well, there's no chance for me to get involved. Whereas like if you start and build out in the open and have your ideas out in the open, you give the community a chance to rise along with you. It's yeah, such a wow. different mindset. It's amazing. So, so we have loved being in this space so far. But yeah, that's the story about how I've kind of started and who knows where we're going. But yeah, we're, we're loving this space so far. I am. Yeah, wow. I love your analogy of um, it's about we, not not me. Because that that's the true essence of uh, blockchain, I guess, because it's about decentralization. I've never thought of it like that, but that's a simplistic way to think about it. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's a way that um, when and when you realize why uh, why is it better to have it, not everything like I'm not a it's funny like I I call myself Captain DeFi on the socials like on Discord <laughs> that's great. on Twitter it's Captain DeFi because I chose like I just wanted to stand out kind of name maybe make it a little bit corny just so it's memorable but um yeah, yeah. people often think that I'm a maximalist in terms of everything needs to be decentralized everything needs to go on the blockchain no I'm a, I'm a pragmatist in terms of like yeah. when I was doing the analytic stuff like just because I have a hammer doesn't mean everything is a nail. And it's the same thing with blockchain tech. Like, so back in the day, like sometimes the best solution was just doing stuff in Excel. It wasn't create a fancy graphic and a chart and in some fancy tool. No, if you need an answer quickly, contextually, you are better off just doing that analysis out of Bloomberg and into Excel. In the blockchain, it's the same. Um, some things make sense on the blockchain and we do like, so now I've got a group. So we've got the Oz DeFi Association, but in the background, um, I've formed a venture studio called Not Centralized and we're very pragmatic in our approach. People come to us with their projects. We try to break them. 
as in not just the people we don't try to break the people too much <laughs> but we try to break the idea because people don't do enough battle testing when it was a bull market no one was questioning people are just going well can you pay me for marketing okay we'll do it rather than yeah. going well does this even deserve to be on the blockchain and i think we need to think about that because i would Genius. not yeah. want to put my name to something where yeah I was taking but it doesn't account. need to be on the blockchain it can be a yeah. centralized database it could be a mix as well. There could be yeah. parts of it, like a web 2.5, you know, some things yeah. make sense yeah. on the blockchain, other parts of whatever it is they're doing, mm. maybe be uh, off chain. And we're already doing that, but it's just, it's funny when you get into the space, there's a lot of hype, a lot of people push, everything needs to be decentralized. Everything needs to be away from regulation and stuff. It's like, guys. Never um, going to be that way. That's, it's a yeah. Vacuum. Don't live in the vacuum. We are in the no. real world. And we'll talk about this more in, at the crypto conference, but it's yeah, like something right. that, people don't talk about enough realistic crypto to get to mainstream. So it's good yeah. if we, you know, this, this is the type of show that, you know, I haven't heard all the other guests, but we definitely need to have more of these proper conversations about um, mm. how to actually move the space forward together because uh, people, uh, just because there is going to be regulate regulation incoming, it doesn't mean it has to be the regulation that we've had before. No, have a chance to to inform the regulators and show them the good that crypto can do. So, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, and yeah. I think Steve Vallis from um, who used to be in Blockchain Australia has mm -hmm. that same mindset. People should go back and watch that show that we did with Steve Vallis as well. Check it yeah. out in the show notes. <laughs> in the, yeah, in the show notes. Remember that, Rob. But no, that's fantastic. So look, um, here's the thing. We, we spoke before we started recording that there's a lot of terminology we yeah. cover this on other episodes that people use and bandy around. And uh, I've been in the marketing industry for the digital agency for 20 years, and we've got all our own crap that we talk about SEO and, and other things that some people still don't know what that is. But so DeFi, what does DeFi stand for? And um, how does it compare to CFI? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and explain yeah. those two, so we can yeah. we can start going down this rabbit hole of uh, of what that is. Well, the the D stands for decentralized. The E stands. No, I'm just joking. Um, it's it's <laughs> more. It's not even an acronym. It, it could be an acronym, but uh, maybe we should think of something there. But it stands for decentralized finance, decentralized finance, so DeFi and CeFi is centralized finance. And sometimes people yep. call it TradFi as well. Trad so fi, myself, yeah. the traditional financial markets, the exchanges mm -hmm. like the ASX, the investment banks and hedge funds that I worked for and worked with, um, traditional finance, the, the retail banks like CBA and Westpac and all that, NAB and and you know um so all of those and ANZ sorry not to leave any of our friends out but like all of those are the trad fi the centralized finance and before explaining DeFi let's think about CFI centralized meaning that if you want to do anything to I don't know get a loan um transfer money you have to go to these parties that are sitting right in the middle that own your data you don't really own that. They could decide to unbank you if they wish. We're lucky in a westernized world where we've not had to experience war-torn issues or um, dictatorial kind of powers and stuff. You know, we, we get a, uh, someone in that just makes all these laws and he's the dictator yeah. or she or whatever. We haven't had to experience turmoil like that. And so we've been okay. But um, the idea around decentralized is that the system of governance is distributed it means that it's not just uh one group that owns it it is multiple 
Um, and sure, there are some parties that are a bit more um, in power in terms of how many tokens they own on the chain and stuff. But because it's on the blockchain, it utilizes that technology that um, it's impervious to attack. There are ways to attack blockchains, right? Um, but the, the purpose of the blockchain has been to uh, avoid the double spend issues that uh, that could be there with just like a simple kind of database. Because people ask, well, why don't you do things just on a database? Like some of the stuff that we're building, we could build it on a database. We could get it out to market. The problem is with that, it has limited growth potential. If we as founders or even the later, whoever the owners become or the majority, if, if centralized parties decide to kind of steer it in a certain direction that um, isn't in line with what uh, the, the crowd wants, then there's more of an opportunity to do that in a centralized way, given that the power structures are more centralized. And what we saw, there's a really good podcast. Um, I think it's Robert Breedlove. And this is one of my yeah. aha moments. Robert Breedlove talking to Raul Pal from Real Vision. Yes. Um, great guy. Good episode, right? that one. Yeah, good you one. Know, yeah. Well, We'll definitely have to try to get him on the show or both of those guys. But um, they yep. spoke about the history of, of blockchain and how basically back in the day, even before blockchain, you had um, a conflict, right? Humans were prone to conflict. We're emotional beings. Um, we are the weakest link in any system, but, you know, we thrive as well. We've got good sides as well. England and Germany, 1800s, 1900s were like building up their powers and finally went to war, World War One. Um, not just them too, and obviously it started in uh, with, with other European kind of nations, but effectively they were the major powers. And when they went to war, and then there was um, the Germans had to pay back with all the inflations after they lost the war, um, that ruined their economy. It led them to another war, World War Two. We had the Cold War, we had Korean War, we had all these conflicts leading into the sixties, and yes, the Vietnam War. But even at that time. Um, the world was getting into a stage where actually we've had so much conflict for decades. Like now it's, it's all happy and stuff like that. And we had the, you know, um, the people power and like the free love kind of a way of doing things and stuff and the hippie movement. And what that led to was all the baby boomers, right? Mm, and what it. happens when you have so many more people with demand, prices go up. And all that inflation that's continued and continued and continued and printing of money and quantitative easing and the GFC and the issues that we've had there, it's really interesting because it's led to this movement. Like uh, the GFC is what led to Satoshi writing the, the yeah. white paper for blockchain. And yeah. we saw that recently with the drama around CFI versus DeFi loans. So yes, crypto shit went bad and apologies for swearing, but like crypto went bad, right? But the CFI organizations, whether it's like Voyager yeah. or Celsius, they're the ones that you have to go to court. You have to go to arbitration. You have to go through all these kind of steps to try to claw your money back. If it was a DeFi loan, which is on a smart contract, which it doesn't matter what you say or care about. If the smart contract says when this happens, you have to transfer money here. You've got no say. It just happens. So those DeFi loans worked. And that wasn't spoken about enough. DeFi worked exactly as it was meant to. It's just shitty that we didn't like the people that were in charge of that, that were saying that they have risk um, controls, didn't have the risk controls and it went to the bad loans. But when the bad, when the shit hit the fan, it worked out the way that DeFi was meant to. And that's a lesson that we, you know, that people aren't talking enough about. 
But anyway, I've forgotten yeah. what we were talking about there. I've just gone off on a rant as, no, no, yeah, as I that's, do. That's what we're, we're, we're a long form conversation chat show. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You're doing exactly Absolutely. what we're meant to do on this show. Happy, happy to go down the rabbit holes. Cool. So in, in that sense, which is what you're saying is ironic, that's the, the pot calling the kettle black, the whole centralised finance system, with all the shit they've done over the last 15 years. I mean, they're the biggest crooks on the planet because they, in my opinion, this is just my view, is that they're seeing all this stuff coming, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, the smart ones are getting involved and uh, there's a whole heap of them who are still crapping themselves because they don't, they don't know what's going on. They're, yep. they're scrambling to try and understand it because they know they can see the tsunami coming. Um, they just they, they don't know how to deal with it. So it's interesting that all this big money hasn't even started to come into the space yet. It's It's been there, but mostly it's been retail money that's come in, but uh, the, the traditional sort of huge finance companies and businesses and uh, banks, they're all starting to get involved. What, what are you seeing? Because you're on the coal face of this stuff. What, I've been what's on that your... side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is why you're the perfect person to answer it. What what have you seen in terms of mm. the mind shift in people who are in that space uh, with money coming into the DeFi space now? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I've come from that tradfi uh, space and seeing uh, former colleagues going into uh, the Web3 space, getting jobs at different types of crypto firms, or even just coming to the events. So Oz DeFi, we started out of Sydney because we're based here. Um, so a bit of a hometown bias, but we're now in five states and we run meetups on a monthly basis as much as possible. But some places, it just depends on what's going on. But we try to run these meetups where it's either networking or we actually have panel presentations. And we're seeing a lot more TradFi people people from government, people from, um, you know, non-corporates and others, like even not-for-profits coming in, there's so much interest. And I just think that given, um, and even looking at the metrics, so I'm an analysis and analytics kind of guy, looking at the metrics, you can see that there are, um, Glassnode is really great for this and they do, there's yeah. an Aussie there. I can't remember where he lives, but um, he, he is an Aussie. He's moved overseas and stuff. He does analysis for them and all the YouTube videos, most of them are by this Aussie dude. Oh, wow. um, and I'll, I'll remember his name as I talk, but basically with Glassnode, they look at Ethereum and they look at Bitcoin. And what they were seeing with the major one, Bitcoin, was there is a lot of wallets, right, that have very little activity. And those wallets all of a sudden were seeing um, themselves getting filled with not just small amounts of crypto, but large quantities, which makes you think that these are more than likely, right, institutional players starting to get into the space or there's ones where the activity was basically they had some large activity and would just sit there for a while the the crypto would be sitting in their wallets and then when it goes off their wallets and goes on to exchanges they could see which exchanges it was going into like Binance or Coinbase but that kind of behavior is telling of a non-retail play and seeing more of that activity I think that, you know, they were seeing the the, the movements of that um, and we're going to see it more. We see it in the news. Morgan Stanley executive, blah, 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 yep. goes into the crypto space. BlackRock um, creates a Bitcoin trust thing, blah, blah, blah. I used to do a lot of work and I still do in the exchange traded funds ETF space um, here mm-hmm. in Australia. I do analysis. There's a show called AusBiz that I go on. 
um, pretty much once a month to talk about that. And I'm going to do crypto stuff there too. I've been doing a, a bit there. So shout out to Ausbiz. But um, looking at the ETFs, more and more uh, type of crypto related, either they're tracking crypto or they are. So none of them are holding crypto at the moment. We don't have um, a spot Bitcoin crypto kind of ETF here in Australia or the US. There is in Canada, but all these other ones, they're tracking NVIDIA. AMD, they're tracking the miners, they're tracking um, companies that are relating to the Bitcoin space. So there is interest in many ways, shapes and forms from the trad buy industry and even researchers now, these companies that do um, traditional market, economic or fundamental, whatever research, they're looking at this space as well, because this is where the attention is. This is the future of finance. And um, even people in fintech are looking at DeFi right now because they know that, okay, Finance and technology, when it's starting to mix now, we see all these companies like Buy Now, Pay Later and all that kind of stuff and open banking. Um, and the natural progression is into to Web3 because of the efficiency, because of the rails, the transaction rails that it is building. So um, mm. I'm seeing a lot of it. I think we're, we're still a long way ahead to go. It's still early. So people are watching this. You can still get involved. I thought we were too late. You know, we weren't going to make much of an impact, but just being in the space is like, whoa, there's still so uh, much to do. We need yeah. people to come in. We need so much more people to come into this space to help build it right. Yeah, 100%. Do you, do you know what we haven't talked about yet? Um, What's that? Basically, let's bring up defi.org.au and oh, yeah. we can literally talk about um, what the Australian yep. DeFi Association is and how, how it can help. Uh, people and, and, and so this is Australian DeFi Association um, when Fantastic. did you guys start up and, and how do you help um, companies and individuals now sure we um so this is a website built on Wix because I built many other websites on Wix with other kind of startup there you go web two um, simple <laughs> yeah. great oh, domain name too brother <laughs> Thank you. You know, the domain name, I mean, given that you guys understand the domain space uh, pretty well with your backgrounds, um, with the brokerage there, that, you know, I was surprised that it was not taken. DeFi.org.au was not taken. The, um, the reason is you have to be an organization. So if, if a company or a sole trader mm. with an ABN tried to register that, the registrars are supposed to stop them from doing that. So it's, yeah. it's, I guess, I guess the, the system works in, in for your case when you are a legitimate organization that buys yeah. a .org.au domain name. That's it. And so, look, we, we started this last year. So the thoughts for this came up in October when we were first working in the space. And basically, um, we were just like a bunch of mates talking about how to learn, where to watch videos. We were watching YouTube videos. We were yeah. talking amongst each other uh, in a WhatsApp group. And um, whilst that was going on and we were trying to find other people that we knew in the space, we basically started building this website. So if you scroll back to the top there, um, the things that we've got, uh, we've got um, insights. So the drop down there is two things. It's our current newsletter, which is a Substack, and the older articles, which are on Wix. But everything in the space happens on like Substack or Medium. So we had to kind of choose. And because we do a weekly newsletter, um, and we've been doing it since October last year. So it's nearly a year of doing it and it's sign up for free. And then you can hit, you can hit the, let me read it first kind of thing at the bottom there. And that basically takes you in there, but we do encourage people to sign up. So 
every Monday, we're talking about what's happened in the past kind of week in events, oh, right. in, in the news, in the data and stuff. And it's just something, it helps us you know, it's kind of like, in a way, it's cool. good for us to do it anyway, even without an audience, because yeah, it helps us conduct it. Right? Yeah. So we do that. And then um, the resources, if you click on that, like the first one, data, for example, we were talking about like uh, analytics and things like Glassnode. Here's all these different kind of apps that are out there and what they do and and a bit of background on, on each of them, like the images from those right. apps. So we thought we'd just keep a collection of this and some other resources that are in that resources um well, that's great and... for people starting out you can this is what yeah you can go here and, and cut their learning curve down as well that's what we want to do because uh you know that's it's all about helping each other because if we do that we're going to get to that utopia um sooner rather than later and then back up the top you were on our mission page before and you've got like an about page um and our sponsors that are there so shout outs to them and how to get in touch but the most important thing i would say yeah click on sponsors so we've got makari which is a, a wholesale exchange here in sydney and we've been using their space to run some meetups and um, we've got sensand which is an ag tech earth tech companies are very web two but they're starting to play in web three and they're our major sponsor down in victoria um, and not centralized, which is the venture studio that I run with my other partners, some of whom are the co-founders of Oz DeFi. And um, we're the ones that work on various kind of projects. So we poured money into Oz DeFi and resources, and we're the ones that kind of um, have basically built the rails. And now there's a whole lot of other volunteers and helpers around Australia who are helping um, pull all of this off. So it's an wow. amazing kind of thing. But the most important thing I would say is back on the homepage, there's a big blue button back on the homepage, which is basically an invitation to join the discussion on Discord. So I don't know if you guys go on Discord or people in the audience, uh, you know, they're watching this do, but um, this is a Discord where it's not about a project. It's a Discord about community. So it is, it avoids a lot of the issues that you might see. So some people... Some people love Discord and that's great, but some people have pointed out rightfully so some of the flaws in it that um, there's a lot of noise there. But what we do try to do is use that Discord to have discussions around the type of conversations that we need to have about regulation, about the token mapping um, thing that the government is wanting to do because they want to engage with the community to build the right kind of legislation, which is amazing and more countries should look at it. And we talk about DeFi and we talk about trading and investing and obviously not financial advice. Like we, we advocate yeah. for that. Like it's up to you guys, but we don't, it's much more about builders and community kind of and, focus. And giving and people the tools, right? That's it. Because um, everyone, we don't know who's going to be the, the, and like, I hate to say this because I don't mean it in the way that people might think, but the Zuckerberg, the people, the, the Musk, the Bezos, the ones that are going to build the big, interesting very useful kind of plays in web3 um because i don't think it's like sure there might be so they'll, they'll get rich it's uh we, we are all commercial but if we can have people that yeah they get rich but they also distribute a lot more mm. um that is going to be the the way to do altruism um in the future where it's not like wait until you're like a hundred billionaire um, and then give away riches like no why don't you do it along the way and bring mm. people up together yeah. rather than pounce on people and push people down to build your factories to do this to do that 
and yep. um, then try to be altruistic after the fact. And who knows what you did along the way. I'm not saying that all <laughs> those guys did bad things necessarily, but they're just yeah, yeah. anonymous. You know what I mean? But Zuckerberg, like whether his fault or not, he was in control of a company that had those issues around data. Mm, now yeah. that that wouldn't work in um a space like this if people weren't voting for that like and there mm. are ways there's going to be a battle between centralized and decentralized but if we put all these tools out there and we make power available to the people we just think that it's it's going to be a better world than we have right now rising tide lifts all boats as they say and i think it's uh, as more applicable to this than anything else i've heard because people do actually get to to share obviously it depends on the structure of what it is mm -hmm. you're talking about but uh and rob and i've talked about this many times things like you know music nfts and yeah. um that whole space is going to go bananas it's going to go ballistic uh, speaking of music nfts like uh cryptocon you've got ocean floor music who's uh a good friend of ours and they're bringing carl cox uh one of his like not carl cox himself i don't think although i'll be surprised if he's there um but i think his new album they're going to play it um at the conference and i think we might be the first to hear about it but they're doing amazing ah, cool. things with music nfts so music is such a big thing people undervalue nfts we just think of them as yeah. like um profile pictures and jpegs yeah. and collectible yeah even, even if that's the case who cares like let people have their art like people complain about it it's like yeah but about i know it. there's a bigger picture right and we had jordan on last week and that you know the afl australians know what the afl is like that we love our it's a religion. football and if the afl are already jumping onto the blockchain with nfts it's about time the rest of um australia figured out that it's time to look into this stuff because it's not just about JPEGs. It's there's utility and it's basically about community and creating clubs too using NFTs. Yeah. There is so much that NFTs can do that people don't even realize it. We are in the genesis of NFTs. So traditionally oh, yeah. NFTs are just these things that you swap. If you've got an NFT with like, it's got a character with blue eyes and a certain type of teeth. And I like another NFT. I actually would have to either like sell that my NFT or I have to buy the other one. Like I have to swap the whole thing out. In the future, we're going to have these NFTs that have certain traits where each trait, so NFTs are based on a smart contract type called an ERC721. There's all these numbers and stuff, but that's just, you know, that's the type that common NFTs are built on. There's going to be these future ones. And because it's open source uh, software, we can develop. If you know how to, you can take it and extend and do something more. So we're building something that is like NFTs that can actually have sub-traits. And what that means is that you could have an NFT where the tokens, uh, there's sub-tokens that are there for the eyes and other accessories, and you can swap in and out different features, NFTs. Reddit's kind of doing something like that as well. We're going to see more of that yeah. in gaming. But extending nfts further we're doing stuff with um so the shirt i'm wearing is something called trade flows which is a payment kind of uh railway where based right right now working as a consultant for example i'll work for 30 days right send an invoice to a client wait another 30 days maybe to get paid and i'm not even guaranteed if that money is there and sure i can go to court but as a small business owner courts cost money courts cost time it's manual. There's no guarantee. Whereas we're building something where when I transact with someone else, whether it's in building and construction, whether it's across Web3 or as a consultant, as a small business, 
the other side has to show that they have money in a wallet in escrow, right? And mm. being able to see that the other side has the funds there, if they do something with the funds, I can pull up tools and stop work. If they don't like the work that I'm doing, they can put a stop to the payments because yeah. you can have streaming payments. Like you don't have, to, there are these things called streaming payments, right? Where basically I can get paid every second and I can see yeah. the wallet yep. increasing in fractions and stuff. And you've probably seen some of that, but combining that with escrow facilities that blockchain can have, wrapping it all around an NFT and being able to have things like we can raid each other like Yelp or Uber or Reddit yeah. rating. So if you're a bad actor in the space, you pay late, you do bad work or whatever, you will get outed and it yep. encourages people. And if you're constantly giving other people bad ratings, well, and it's not warranted, that's also a thing that will rate you badly. So there yeah. is this tit, tit for tat kind of thing, but wrapping it all up, is an nft so nfts yeah. do not have to be um yeah. you know nfts right now are pointers we're doing one thing where basically the nft can hold a balance so if all of a sudden i'm doing work right and let's say i'm doing work for you rob but then i have an agreement with ed that i'm gonna i don't know i'm gonna get ed's nice car and in exchange for that i'll still continue doing the work but i can send my nft to ed ed can receive my payments that i'm doing for the work for you rob because he's holding the NFT. So whoever's holding the NFT, because it's not just a pointer, because it holds a balance, whoever holds the NFT will be getting the funds. It's a fascinating world. We are scratching the surface. Oh, so, yeah, you just blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> we, some of the stuff I hear uh, and that I'm listening to, I'm going, this is just crazy stuff. Not crazy in a bad way, crazy in a good way. And um, I, again, I, I feel for people who have the mentality, they're, they're poo-pooing yeah. everything, all associated with things like the Board 8 Yacht Club, et cetera, and, and uh, picturing um, those types of NFTs, not what the actual underlying utility is. But it was it's no different. Think of what the utility was in 1994, 1993 yeah. of the internet and web browsers. I mean, it was really, really basic shit compared to what we got now. Um, and that was decentralized back then as well. It was decentralized and yes. needed certain railways to get some centralization in to make it a little bit easier to use. So I do feel like we'll get some centralization and bring the mainstream on board because not everyone is a libertarian that no. wants self-sovereignty and stuff like that. Some people will trade um, freedom for ease of use and safety. And that's just the thing. Uh, but that's the ones that get on early. I feel like we will be rewarded for, you know, getting into this space early. And, um, you know, those early internet pioneers look at the stuff that they've been able to do. We're, we're very lucky looking at the space at the time we are now. A lot of business is about timing. And sometimes you can never really figure out the time. But I feel like we're very lucky to be in the timing we're in now. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah, 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 100%. So maybe if we can do a bit of a, a real world example of something sure. like a um, in the DeFi world of a crypto loan. So a traditional loan. Oh, so someone I bring up an example because how yeah, I go was introduced it. in a DeFi, like Mark's just explained to me, DeFi is basically like the word internet. It is so <laughs> vast, right? Yes, yes, it's yes. So vast. But when I was introduced to to de the term DeFi probably like 18 months ago um, was, you know, when we were approaching 
when we were still in the bull market for cryptocurrency and I was investing in um, certain tokens. And then through those crypto tokens, they were obviously lending out my crypto because I was, I, was, I was staking pools. And then I was getting, and some of these crazy tokens I was going into, especially one was called um, uh, Looks Rare, um, which is basically like an open sea um, uh, aftermarket yeah. platform yeah. to sell NFTs. Um, basically, I was putting in, say, I was putting in 10 grand worth of Looks Rare tokens they were then, I guess, <laughs> they were lending. They were lending out my tokens and then re rewarding me with one hundred and thirty-six percent interest. Like just these yep. crazy. That's how I was introduced to DeFi, yeah. and of course, it's it's come crashing down now. But um, can you explain how that works? Yeah. Um, there's a term, and we've got to be hard on ourselves, but this is the way it was working. We, call, we, we have tokenomics, which is how does the token uh, get distributed? What's the way in which this will work? The burn, you know, how many tokens are created? All, all that kind of stuff. The economics of the token. It's token economics. Uh, what we saw in the majority for projects, NFT and otherwise, that were offering crazy yields. What? And far more, so think about this, right? Even Celsius and others that were like 20% guaranteed kind of yield, right? 20% in the traditional markets is a junk bond. 20% <laughs> is a bond in a country you do not want to do business with. Yeah. You are being offered that high rate because there is a risk trade-off there. And because it was so low compared to other things in crypto, 136%, 1,000%, yeah. it seemed safe. Um, so a lot of what happened was built off Ponzi-nomics. That's the word, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you know what a Ponzi scheme is, folks, look it up. Charles Ponzi, he was using <laughs> people, new people coming into the system to pay off the loans of those that were there ahead. And it's shaped like a nice pyramid, right? Big pyramid scheme and stuff. And a, a lot of crypto was pyramid scheme-ish hmm. because the only reason that there was sustainability was because more people were coming other people in. were coming in but as soon as like something started crashing and stuff um then these loans started failing people were having to pay them back or the DeFi smart contracts were paying um you know the the borrowers back whatever it was and people were kind of losing money and stuff and things were all crashing but the only way that you can have something that's sustainable the best kind of tokenomics is where you build something that has a utility that maybe uh, gets a transaction fee. And so imagine there's a service like, I don't know, the invoicing service that, that we're trying to create where we're basically mm -hmm. clipping a fee as more people use it. If people don't use it, we don't make, you know, you don't make money. If you don't make yeah. money, you don't offer the yield. But if people are using it, it's a really good utility and there's yeah. revenue generated, the yield coming from sharing the apportionment of revenue, that is a far more sustainable model that we should have had People got way too excited about going, yeah. hey, we're going to go to the moon or making this coin here and pumping bags <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's it's borderline criminal activity. And I'm happy mm. to call it out because it was such bullshit that yeah. people were doing this and coming from a TradFi background, it's like, how is this not regulated? So you can yeah. understand why there's hate. And I knew that personally when I was going into these crazy things. I, I literally knew they were basically pyramid scams. 
but I also was trying to get, I didn't get it right all the time. And I but wasn't got in early enough. I got in early enough knowing, well, it's going to happen with or without me. I'm, I'm going to try yeah. and write some of these and I was successful yeah. in some of them, but I got caught in the, in the, in the, in the trap with some of the others, but, but some, yeah. some more people don't understand. Like they just think it's going to keep going. It's not sustainable. It's like, Oh, I can grow. You see some of these scammers where like, Hey, you know, we'll offer you 2% a day. 2% a day, you're a trillionaire by the end of the year. There's not enough yeah, money in the world to, that's you know, just crazy. stupid day. Yeah. Do the math, do the yeah. math. Yeah, folks. Yeah. And like the math isn't there. Compound like interest. If, <laughs> compound interest. If someone's winning, who's on the other side of that trade? And there yeah. wasn't if enough. If you of can't figure out who's winning, then you're the, the loser. You're the loser. <laughs> And you know what's funny coming into this it. yeah exactly if it's like hey one out of three people and it's like oh rob's fine ed's fine oh crap it's me but um yeah. <laughs> i i couldn't figure out why why was this making money it didn't make sense to me what is going on what am i missing yeah we weren't missing anything there was actually a lot of hype it was a lot of marketing people were spending on big things stadiums being bought for example, right? And I don't know if they're all still being kept, just given that we're in a bear market, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of those naming rights to stadiums will mm. change hands again because that you was a lot of money. Do you have that money in a bull, in a bear market? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's, it's as you, as we've said many times, we, we are certainly at the, the beginning of all this. And um, I hate to be the one to have to say this, but of course, we've got to say none of this is financial advice. Do your own research. Of course, uh, yeah. This is just a converse, conversation between three guys. If you uh, ever and, follow what Ed and I say, it, it, it's not a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't follow what we do. Um, the only advice if, I will say is not financial is basically if you can get yourself educated in this space and maybe try yeah. to get involved. I see yeah, two absolutely. things there. There are people that are building. There are people that are investing. Kudos to both sides. I'm more of a builder. Um, I was never a yeah. great investor. I wrote a lot of research that didn't, that some worked, some didn't work. The traders were the ones that had a real eye for the market. I was more big picture. So my research and analysis and views back in the TradFi space were things that played out in the longer term, longer term, rather than like on a day by well, day. Well, I think that's what day, day trading is about psychology. It's about yeah. the psychology mm. of the market. Whereas a, a, a proper investor and someone who is going to make money, in my in my opinion, out of blockchain is going to be mm. doing it for the long term. You know, thinking yeah. two to four years down the track. And if you're yeah. if you're wanting to get involved in this space, if you're not looking to be an investor, you can get involved by working in this space. By there's a call out for people that are in marketing, people that um, understand operations and running businesses, Huge. and people mm. from traditional finance. You don't have to just be tech um focused although that is valuable right and people in tech can easily pick up and learn solidity and cairo and some of the other smart rust and smart contract languages but people of all walks of life can get involved and let me let me um tell you this guys because uh one thing i did notice that was really interesting in this space is that i'm doing these meetups and we would hear things like oh it's so nice to have these meetups with all walks of life where you give or we give other people a chance to to talk that maybe don't you know they're on the fringes of society and they don't get uh, much of a voice elsewhere in tradfi or whatever it is and i'm like after hearing it sounds right but you scratch below the surface it's like hang on that sounds like victim kind of victimization in a way and perpetuating it because if you think like we're giving them a chance it puts you above them 
which is so wrong. But yeah. I don't blame people for saying it. But what it should be about is that we collectively are giving ourselves a chance to hear from perspectives that we don't normally have. And we're lucky to be early enough in Web3 to have that opportunity. It's about us giving ourselves a chance of being lucky. It's not about us putting ourselves over someone else. So that's a, a it was an interesting one that, you know, I've kind of seen recently uh, come up in the space, but I'm sure there's going to be more insights the next time we do the show, you know? Yeah, 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 100%. So um, look, Mark, we really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on Spotify, do the old like and subscribe for us, please. If you uh, enjoy this content, it helps us a lot. We appreciate it. Mark's a legend. If you're going to the crypto convention, uh, Oz Crypto Convention this coming weekend, which is the 17th. Yeah, and you'll 18th. be watching this while you're there. Yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. That's it. You, you, Mark will be on the stage talking and he'll be on and your screen will. talking to us and we'll be in the crowd watching Mark talking, watching us on the screen. So it's going to be this whole head spin Inception. thing. Inception. Um, yeah, Inception. Yeah, it's a great movie. One of my favourite movies. So yeah, again, appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, I know you got a lot on you. Yeah, there's lots more to talk about, but we'll, we'll just have to get you back on, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. We've only touched the, the the beginning of this whole DeFi conversation, but we wanted to get that out there. So people who are uh, sort of looking at it and wanting to learn more, they've got some places to go now. And yours is a great place to start. Um, Collective Shift. Um, we've had had the guys Ben's from Collective Shift. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Ben's awesome. He's talking. He's been on the show. He's got a great platform there. Head it head it to collectiveshift.io and check them out as well. Great education platform. Um, not sponsored by them, not sponsored by anyone. You know what, other next, than... next year, Ed, we're going to have to ask David Haslock from the Australian Crypto Convention to pay us or something because we've got, I'm kidding, but we've we've had Ben on our show and he's yeah. and we've had yeah. Mark now yeah. and we had Jordan on and we Jordan. had him on. Four people that are speaking at Oz Crypto Con and, on our show. And, and, and next week, we've got Tracy from Bamboo. She's on too. <laughs> so um, it makes she's sense. talking. She's talking at the conference. I think you know Tracy, do you, Mark, from yep. Bamboo? Yeah, she's Great. We've had her at our meetups and stuff. She's flown in. They're awesome. Love the Bamboo crew. And yeah, we'll see them up there. It's, it's going to be a big get together. Um, yeah. As much as I've planned the conference of the talks I'm going to go see, I think I'll just get overwhelmed and just go with the go where this you know where the where's the food where's the best coffee who's speaking about this like the the agenda the planning will be thrown out the window as completely soon as doors. Com completely we'll it's just gonna be random I'm just gonna we'll go see, off the flow we'll see you guys up there yeah su superb so thanks again everyone for for tuning in uh go and go and uh, check out the um defi.org.au and see what's uh, happening at the Australian DeFi Association. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks, Rob. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Asset Show. Be safe. And um, we'll see you then. Take care. Thanks, boys. Thanks, everyone.